0: Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. Today we are chatting about muscle checking. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite a while because I speak um, about this technique quite often on social media and it is very important and relevant to my life in the day-to-day. Muscle checking, I mean there's so many names for it and I'm not going to get too into the nitty-gritty of it all because I use it. um, I haven't studied this formally. I use it because it is something that was taught to me by a friend, Robbie, who I actually interviewed on episode 13 of this podcast. And it has completely transformed my life, truly. Like I have had experiences working with a kinesiologist, particularly um, a neurotrainer, both with Robbie actually quite a few now, three, four different neuro trainers, um, who use kinesiology and muscle checking as a way of basically communicating with the body. Um, I'll let Robbie. which the first part of this podcast, I'm going to share my experience, and then the second part will be a bit of a QA and a with Robbie. Um, and... With the exciting news that there is a course coming taught by Andrew Verity, who is the founder of uh, the Neurotraining College, which is a two-year diploma that you can take to actually learn how to become a practitioner, but... Um, yeah, and co-taught with Robbie, who actually Andrew I've interviewed was episode 11, Robbie's episode 13. They are both the founders of Neurological Networks, which is the course, um, there's many courses in the works, but at the moment, Adaptive Immunity is the one that I do every day. And although the Neurological Network courses themselves do not require any muscle checking um, to do, it's such a useful tool. And so both of them have really cultivated the ability to use this tool well and they are now going to teach i believe it will be a four um, class and four q a type um, format which will start in january of 2022 so in about a month and if you're listening to this now then the course is available to sign up for so that's cool i'll chat more about that later back to muscle checking so um yeah Robbie will get into what it is specifically but in a nutshell it's using your nervous system to respond to a challenge and so how I've been using it into my day-to-day life is basically to test for things like supplements and foods and how appropriate things are for my specific body and there's just no more guessing and it gives you really more of an impartial view when it comes to health and what's serving me or not because I had so many preconceived beliefs, um, which really is the problem with making a decision is that you don't really know if you're being influenced by like all of the cultural narrative, um, what people are telling you, the marketing, your fears, your conditioning, your childhood stuff. Like there's so many things that impact how um, you make a choice. And what I've realized is that, yeah, a lot of the time it is intuitively the same as what I think would be right for me, but oftentimes it's not. And, um, yeah, like when it comes to, to foods and stuff, well, when it comes to supplements, one of the preconceived notions I have was always that you have to get the absolutely top quality supplement. And for me, quality was like a well-known brand. Um, Thorn is an example of a brand that I've always had re- very hard rega- regard for. They, um, third-party test their supplements, they really go above and beyond. The branding is great, they're just, I love the company. And since I've started using muscle checking, I realized that more often than not, actually, Thorn has never tested up as the best for my body, um, in terms of uh, appropriateness of a supplement. So We get into this later in the podcast with Robbie, but basically this is like the tip of the iceberg of what you can use muscle checking for, but you can test for percentage of appropriateness. So being if something is good for you or not. So let's say I'm looking at a berberine supplement. And I think, you know, berberine, there's a lot of uses for berberine. One of them is being, um, it's good to balance your blood sugar. So I could say, well, you know, I know that personally I have, Um, I don't have the greatest insulin sensitivity. Well, actually, it's quite fine now. But historically, I've had issues with that. So I'm going to take a berberine supplement, you know, before I eat or after I eat to help balance my blood sugar. So you can test for appropriateness of berberine. Berberine does not test up high for me. So it's, first of all, it's an inappropriate supplement, um, which means don't take it. If it doesn't test above 80%, you're wasting your money. Why just throw... Um, solutions at a problem, hoping that they stick. It's kind of, it, well, it's a waste of your time and money. And then say there's something that works better for me, bitter melon tests up really high for me. Then I can actually go out to a health store and test the effectiveness of various bitter melon supplements. And so what you're getting with effectiveness is how good is bitter melon at how good is this supplement at being bitter melon knowing that there's additives and you know non-binding binding agents and all these things that they put into supplements that or foods that make them not so good at actually doing what you even want them to do so if you actually need the thing is it going to fulfill its purpose in your body so That I use just on the regular all the time. Oh, and then there's dosage, like dosage of the thing that you're taking. So reading a label on take one a day or take two a day or take after a meal, you're a bio-individual human being that needs a specific approach. Some people need 10 times larger doses than recommended. Some people need half a dose. Um, There's no more guessing, really. You let your body communicate exactly what it is it needs, when it needs it, how much it needs of it. Um, Yeah, it gives you just such an impartial view on on what is serving you or not. It's pretty incredible. And working with a practitioner is great. Um, Particularly because muscle checking in of itself is not a modality. It's just a tool. So if you're trying to solve um, more complex problems, it is good to go to a practitioner that have way more tools, way more experience because it's an art. But for me, it ends up being quite a waste of your time, again, and money to go to practitioners all the time for things that you can actually learn to do yourself. So when it comes to the whole food thing, yeah, you could go to a practitioner and get a a long list using appropriate muscle checking because a lot of it's done um, improperly, which that I'll let Robbie explain in the second part of this podcast. But even if they are doing it properly it's nice to just have the tool yourself you can check for yourself for your kids for your friends um yeah it's complete game changer and so it's yeah it's been empowering really to be able to do these little things myself in the day-to-day and really know that i'm not just guessing anymore um so Robbie taught me the basics of muscle checking probably about 4 months ago, maybe 5 months ago, and in my head I was like I can never do this. I'd been to practitioners, had my life changed through neurotraining, and there was just this huge block. I don't know where it came from, but it had the, I had the idea that I cannot do this. And um he basically laughed at me and was like, this is the most simple thing ever. Like, you never doubt the muscle check. The only thing you can doubt is that you're not, you haven't learned the technique properly. So, um, you haven't learned how to use it, basically. And that's why this course is coming is because, like, for my sake and everyone listening. Yeah, it's an art. So, he taught me the basics and... Boost in my confidence by being like just d- don't doubt yourself you're gonna learn and pick up little things here and there and um through that we quickly realized there's just it's it needs to be taught in a proper course instead of teaching me little by little i am signing up for this course too um even with very little instruction i still have the capacity to do so many things but really getting the the bigger picture of how to use it and so many applications um yeah brought this course to life basically and yeah so bypass it's basically bypassing your belief systems and you can see if something is truly supporting you or not and the percentages it's actually fascinating so they'll get into it more in the course itself that starts in january but um just having used it over the past couple of months like when we're together we will test supplement and get the same percentage of effectiveness which is the quality of a product again it's fascinating and it's not always uh identical because it depends what you're testing for it depends what your um like base of knowledge and relationship to the thing is but overall it's pretty incredible particularly when you're getting the exact same percentage of effect- effectiveness as someone else both testing using um, yeah using this tool so another way I love using it is with exercise um, I historically when I was younger used to overtrain, and had this like deep deep rooted mentality that you had to exercise every day that uh, more is better you do as much as you can and it really burnt me out like that period of my life was brutal for my hormones um, especially being a woman not honoring my body and the cycles that need more rest but since learning muscle checking it's really helped me to like hone in on not always needing as much rest or needing way more rest not just based on the menstrual cycle but based on so many factors like you can muscle check the appropriateness of an intense workout before doing it and actually preventive like preventatively tune in to um if your muscles are nearing injury, like if they're uh, overworked, if your immune system is down and you're actually not you're better off just resting, like that will test up in the percentage of appropriateness. And in the course, this I actually don't know how to do yet is you can investigate why. I have the very basics. So like one time. I was feeling super energized and I went to the gym. But then as I, when I got there, I was just like, like something took over my body where I was completely unmotivated. And when you're in that situation, all the stories come in. It's like, should I just power through it? I'll feel better after. You never regret a workout. Um, you know, I'd been lazy the previous couple of days, so I should really do it. And I was like, no, I don't actually know why I feel how I feel. Let me just test how appropriate it is for me to work out and it tested up extremely low that I shouldn't be doing an intense workout like that. And then I investigated a little bit because I just like slightly learning how to um, put things in circuit and kind of, yeah, investigate. And turns out my adrenals were just tanked. And at the time I was doing a big liver detox, I was working on my adrenals. So I walked around and went home. I mean, you can use the testing ideally before you actually get to the gym. But yeah, you can see what degree of intensity or even if an intense workout is fine, but you can test for how long it's appropriate for to get the most out of it. Because your goals, it, you can, and you can actually put into circuit your short-term goals or your long-term goals to see if your goal is um, you know, training for a marathon that's coming up in a month, you can put that into circuit and actually test how appropriate it is to achieve that goal. But if your goal is longevity, and overall health, and well-being, maybe the way you're exercising isn't actually serving you, so it's incredible, (laughs) it truly is, it's so, it's actually so life-changing, so yeah, Um, the course itself is going to launch in January, by the time this is released as a podcast, the uh, sign up for the live version of the course, so the live version of the course is going to be um, live recordings so on through zoom and you can either watch them live or they'll be posted immediately after the They play live so depending what time zone you're in or if you just got too much going on They don't require any participation, but there will be a live Q&A um, The following week, so there'll be two sessions a week one is the live lesson and the following is a QA. and a the lessons with Andrew and the Q&A is with Robbie so if you want to participate you can if you just want to listen you can do that too and you can submit your questions after the lesson for the following q a which will be answered uh, live and the course this first like run through as a live course is going to be heavily discounted once all the recordings are done and the course is over it will be turned into a proper neurological network course where people can sign up i think the price is going to double where then people have access to the recordings, just none of it's live and there's no interaction component for the actual course itself. And then following onwards from there, there will be, I'm not sure how often if they're gonna be um, every fortnight or once a month, but there will be continuing lessons through the Neurological Networks portal where you're getting live webinars to teach you more in depth how to apply the muscle checking. So the course itself is gonna teach you the method But then using it appropriately for different situations in life kind of just takes, um, like, there's just nuance to to the way to do it really appropriately and effectively. So after that, you can submit your questions. If you say, um, yeah, I'm interested in learning how to use muscle checking to optimize my exercise and health, like, routine. They can do a whole class on how to use muscle checking for that. Um, There's really... it. If you can use muscle checking to optimize how you relate to your finances, how you relate to like how you deal with emotional um, problems, how basically how you deal with any challenge in your life. Muscle checking can help. Um, but yeah, getting to know the nuances of how to use it will be an ongoing process. And again, all these lives will be posted. You can listen to them later. So yeah, that's basically it. I'll let Robbie take it over for the Q&A, um, about mus- more about muscle checking. And you can use the code human. It's a one-time use code. So if you've signed up for adaptive immunity, it won't work now. Um, but for the muscle checking course, you can use code human for a discount. And I look forward to taking the class with you. <laughs> See you there. What is muscle checking?
1: Muscle checking is using the peripheral nervous system Mm-hmm. to get illicit a response out of the nervous system it's, that's all it is
0: so in more basic terms for people that that doesn't even make sense to you
1: oh, okay it's you push on a muscle yeah um, and it either holds mm-hmm. or it goes down hmm that's it
0: okay so muscle checking in, in of itself doesn't actually mean much right like that the pushing down on a muscle you could do whether or not you're checking anything Yeah. So the other part of muscle checking is how you're interacting, like asking a specific thing from a muscle response. Can you elaborate on that?
1: That's where you're going into the nervous system to elicit a response. It's the interpretation of the muscle that is the important thing. So Mm -hmm. what does the muscle staying up or what does the muscle going down actually mean yeah the actual muscle checking is really simple right push on the muscle see if it stays up or goes down
0: you told me this actually we're standing right over there in your kitchen when i said like i didn't trust myself i was like well what if i do it wrong and you were like you you basically can't do the muscle checking aspect wrong because the muscle checking is just push pushing down on well actually you could do it wrong if you're using which we'll get to later different types of techniques that aren't Testing a single muscle, but it's more what you're trying to get out of. Like if you're asking a question, for example, which you're not supposed to do, really, then you, your information you get can be wrong. But the muscle checking itself, simple,
1: really simple. Like yeah. literally, push on a muscle. Yeah, it either stays up. Yeah, or it goes down. Yeah, and there, there's a bit more of an, a subtlety to it. Mm. Like um, if you push really hard, mm. then most muscles. Will be able to elicit more muscle fibers so they'll be able to hold that up. Mm. But if you push really softly and it mm. goes down, that's finding subtle bits mm. of information. So it's actually the lighter you check, the better the information you get.
0: Which, I mean, working with you, we've seen if like you're getting close to something that's accurate, it will start to like wobble.
1: Yeah, and yeah. if you tested a wobble really hard, yeah. it would lock up nice and strong because yeah. you're eliciting more fibre, so you're missing that subtlety. Right, so that's interesting. The trick is to kind of go softly.
0: So can you touch on some of the biggest benefits of muscle checking?
1: Uh yeah, you can really well I test almost every day mm. something. Mm. It's just um, you know, it's good you can test for things that are you know inappropriate for you to have if you're worried about um you know sensitivities to food and things Mm. like that so that's a really nice one because you know you're not sure if um meat is say past its prime or something like that you can just check the meat to Mm. see if it's going to do you good or bad um but really the those are you know the details of what you use it for but Mm. what really good is it Uh, you start taking responsibility for yourself Mm -hmm. and you start trusting yourself a lot more Mm. because at first you kind of think when you're learning it oh it's someone else giving me the answers Mm -hmm. but then as you get better it's actually just saying no I'm going to leave the bullshit out of this and I'm going to trust myself to give me the answers. so Mm -hmm. you you start taking responsibility for your uh, decisions and your health and it's the interesting like
0: thing about trusting yourself too for me it's been a journey of like unlearning as well because a lot of the things um I used to call intuition like a knowing were actually a belief and inherited by society by my parents by you know Dr Google and all the things that I researched and believed about what was right for me and since using muscle checking a lot of the things are accurate and in that sense there's like it reconnects you to an inner knowing but then you're also seeing how many things you thought were bad for you or good for you that just aren't
1: yeah and beliefs the really big one the, the pitfall of muscle checking hmm. is really beliefs because hmm. beliefs about something are generally of no benefit mm-hmm. it's how you respond neurologically that's of much more interest and which is more relevant to the person what you believe about something unless you know it for a fact. Mm. It's just that, mm-hmm. what you believe about it. And there are really good tricks in muscle checking to check whether something is a belief mm. or not. So even if you get a muscle response and you aren't sure if it's a belief, mm. you can actually check yes. to see if that's, that's a cool. belief or not.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I have not learned how to do that yet.
1: It's really simple.
0: Um, and that kind of breaks down into the conscious and subconscious, right? Like with your conscious mind, you have a whole set of things that you know or believe to be true and then with muscle checking you're actually getting into the subconscious of the truth of the situation which we don't really tap into that all that much
1: yeah and also it gets into defense right so when you go into defense things happen in your brain Mm. which make um you know generally as a very basic concept it you know blood flow stops going to the right side of your brain Mm. and blood flow stops going to the front of your brain so Mm. you end up living your life in the back left part of your brain, which is where defenses live. And really that's where past behaviors live. So you were in a stressful situation a few years ago and you behaved in a certain way Mm -hmm. and your nervous system goes, well, we survived that. So we'll just do that again. Oh, wow. We didn't thrive through that. We just survived it. So you go and do this same pattern of behavior that allowed you to survive. And when you're thinking about things in that way, when that state, when you're stressed, mm. you're just bringing up those old patterns of behavior, which really you think about it, it maybe took you two years to get over this thing, but you survived it. Great. You don't want to have to survive it again. Mm. You want to be able to get over it in five minutes and the muscle checking lets you access the whole brain because it's it's just subconscious and it's just nervous system responses. So right. you can so work you, that out.
0: What you're saying is when you're making a decision in your day-to-day life without using muscle checking, all very often there's stress involved. Yeah. So especially if you're trying to be healthier or get over uh, illness or disease or whatever, or even just stress at work, you're making an a, a important decision. If there's any degree of stress involved, you're no longer tapping into um, the logical aspect of your brain that sees the whole situation—not
1: so much logical. I think logical. Uh, I'll correct. I'll correct mm, this if yeah. I'm wrong. But I think logical does live in the left. Mm. But the creativity and new options oh, right. and all that, that more stuff sense. lives in the right. That and you're shutting that down, yeah. so you become. So Maybe not, super logical and I will just do this because this has worked before. Yeah, Which but, if
0: you're trying to get a new outcome, otherwise you wouldn't have a problem, you wouldn't be making a decision, it'd there's be an no, obvious route. That's
1: right, there's no improvement. Right. You've closed off your ability to do something better, mm. you're just doing it the same way you did it before. Mm.
0: And so muscle checking bypasses this divide and helps you just get most quickly like, and directly to a solution maybe
1: not just the muscle checking but yeah. the muscle checking in conjunction with right what you check right you know you can check the hemispheres of your brain mm. and check the activity of all of mm. them and what you need to do to bring them all up to being equal mm. so you get the whole brain working mm-hmm. things like fun things like that mm-hmm. where you can actually you know touch a corner of your head and mm. monitor how much activity is going on in that part of the brain
0: so correct me if I'm wrong but just to turn this into like an actual example if someone is trying to get in better shape yep, and obviously it stresses them out because it's something that maybe they've been doing for a very long time and yo-yoing through it they get in better shape and then they fall off and they get in better shape and fall off if the situation is stressing them out and they're trying to find a solution they're going to rely on old patterns of behavior which may be um, beliefs about caloric restriction or uh, lots of exercise or carbohydrate restriction or any even fasting any of the modalities that are being um, marketed to us as the answer. When in reality, what you might need is more rest, more food, more carbs, who knows. It's it's a bio-individual thing, which you can then test for to see what is going to specifically help you get to the goal you're trying to achieve. That's
1: right. But you've actually touched on a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed about something mm-hmm. because you're going to injure yourself using your example, mm-hmm. and then you're starting to look... For solutions mm. you're not really looking for solutions you're really um, trying to defend against whatever your problem is better mm. so instead of getting over the reason why you're injuring yourself mm-hmm. you're trying to just avoid this thing that's going to make you injure yourself mm. and the muscle checking can uh, discern whether what you're doing is actually um, a compensation to a problem you've got or actually unraveling the the real issue behind the scenes like Mm -hmm. why are you getting injured why after you train for six weeks do you get injured Mm -hmm. and looking for better nutrition and better sleep and Mm -hmm. better that that may get you to seven weeks Mm -hmm. but it's not fixing the underlying problem and the muscle checking can allow you to actually find that underlying problem and then so that may take you to never getting injured, and then when you're doing the sleep and the nutrition and all of that, that's just icing on the cake now, Mm. rather than just trying to edge yourself up a little bit.
0: Oh, I think this relates to the next question. What are some of the most common mistakes in muscle checking?
1: Mm. I'd say the most common mistake is asking questions. Mm. Um,
0: Can you elaborate on why you can't, because I know with a lot of um, practitioners, like, I've seen kinesiologists in the past that use muscle checking, and it was very much rooted in yes and no's. Um, can you explain why you should not, or it's not never ask a question, but typically you shouldn't be asking questions?
1: Yeah, so um, questions go through the same part of your brain as beliefs go. Mm. So when you ask a question, you really, the phrasing that the nervous system hears is Um, Do I believe this is good for me, Mm -hmm. not is this good for me? Mm -hmm. It's what do I believe about the problem? Mm -hmm. But again, as we said before, what you believe about the problem is very rarely related to the actual problem itself. If it were the same thing, you would have found a solution to it already.
0: So an example being, let's say you're testing up a supplement or a food. If you're testing up food and you love cacao... Um, And you testing for percentage of appropriateness of cacao. Well, no, that's actually... That's a good way. That's a good way to test for it. (laughs) That's right. You've taught me well. If you're asking, should I eat cacao, yes or no? It's going through the part of the brain that says, do I think I should be eating cacao? And it could be either or if you think that it's too stimulating and you know, unhealthy, then it'll test up weak, and if you think that it's great and whatever, it'll test up strong. Yeah, so if you wrote
1: everything you knew about cacao on a list, that's what you're checking, Mm. what you know about cacao, not how your nervous system responds Mm -hmm. to having cacao.
0: So we can actually just transition into, there's so many applications, like I think you and I have only touched the tip of the iceberg in terms of what you can use it for, but one way I use it often is Um, with foods and supplements, for appropriateness and effectiveness. Maybe you can explain what those are instead of asking, like, is something good or bad um, a more, yeah, appropriate way?
1: Um, Yeah, so effectiveness is if we're talking about the mangoes for breakfast. The effectiveness of a mango is how good that mango is at being a mango. Mm -hmm. Um, But the appropriateness is how good it is for you to eat that mango. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and there are lots of percentages you can go mm-hmm. into, and lots of different subtleties that you can check slightly different things. But a very nice, just dis- um, different one is, you know, effectiveness versus appropriateness. Mm-hmm. Effectiveness is really, are you a good mango? Mm-hmm. And appropriateness is, is it good for me to eat a mango?
0: Right, which is important with things like supplements, especially because they can be tainted, they can be poor quality, they can have fillers. There's so many aspects of supplements in particular that a we there's so many things we're bombarded with you should everyone should be taking magnesium or everyone should be taking you know vitamin insert um, ABCD so if appropriateness is how well that supplement you know how appropriate it is for you do I need to be taking vitamin D supplement yeah and then effectiveness is
1: more a brand the
0: quality yeah. of that particular supplement yeah yeah do you need um the supplement on you how like distant can you be from the thing to get an accurate like if you're going on an online website can you look at like what
1: oh yeah so you look at the bottle you look at the ingredients Mm. but it will so what i do Mm -hmm. is again i'll correct this if i'm wrong but i kind of maybe it's my belief about it Mm -hmm. and so that may be influencing my testing but generally i will see if i can get myself one Mm -hmm. cheap version of it or a really small capsule amount for and Mm -hmm. spend the 10 bucks and get it Mm -hmm. and then test it Mm because i do prefer to have the actual supplement Mm -hmm. on me but once i've tested something then i guess i believe that i can still test it for you Mm -hmm. if i were going to test you so if i've got experience for that particular supplement then i can test it Mm -hmm. and if we aren't testing specific brands then I can check magnesium I guess without magnesium being on me mm-hmm. because I've got a lot of references I've had different brands of magnesium my body knows what mm-hmm. magnesium is mm-hmm. um, so there yes I could test maybe without it but if I'm trying to test the brand I do like to have the brand mm-hmm. on me at least the first few times
0: and so I guess in Testing with the actual supplement on you is why it's great to go to a health food store You can go to a health food store. You just test through everything and can you explain why there's a specific place? That's better to hold the supplement
1: Uh, Yeah, so you can put it on you then you're just picking up the in the Energetics of that supplement, Mm -hmm. but are reflexes in your jaw that Mm. monitor these things So it's good to have it kind of by your ear. Mm. That's a good place to put supplements you look a bit crazy in the store, but (laughs) <laughs> they are ways of hiding okay. that type of thing too
0: i don't care like what
1: fingers <laughs> yeah. you use yeah and...
0: totally um okay maybe we can chat about the problems there's two modalities well I, they're not modalities two methods that people have used that i've used in the past that include leaning um and interlocking your fingers to muscle checks so the leaning being you hold something up to your chest um and you maybe close your eyes or not and it's if the body sways forward the indication is that yes this is going to serve you if you fall backwards it's a no and if you hover like kind of just standing straight then it's indifferent and with interlocking it's you're doing two circles with your fingers you like interlock them and then you pull um to get a yes or a no which again you've already touched on why you shouldn't be asking yes or no questions but you pull on them and if they unlock you're getting a yes and if they stay locked you're getting a no. Can you debunk why these are not appropriate ways to uh, muscle check?
1: Mm. Yeah and I'll caveat this with saying that um, maybe there are better ways of doing it Mm. because you don't want to say that someone can't become really expert at doing these techniques right. and maybe they'll be as good as somebody else who's using mm-hmm. fingers or arms or whatever mm-hmm. but I'll do the interlocking one first um, it's just you're doing your ring finger mm-hmm. no sorry your middle finger and your thumb and your middle finger and your thumb so I don't know that's a lot of muscles you're checking mm-hmm. and if you think about it from The original muscle checking um, chiropractors who kind of came up with muscle checking, Mm. they were looking at ways to strengthen muscles Mm. and they found all these reflexes to strengthen muscles and they found the muscles had relationships to all these other things. So uh, muscles have relationships to organs and glands and meridians and all these things. And now that's fine when you're checking one muscle, but now how many muscles are you checking when you interlink? You're checking thumb muscles, middle finger muscles on both hands mm. at the same time. I don't know, maybe you're checking eight muscles. How many different associations is your brain having to run through to say what is not working or what's making the change So it's almost like information overload. What mm-hmm. are you actually checking when you're doing that? Like what muscle? Mm-hmm. Um, so we wouldn't even know which muscle we've checked and then you check something else and so now different muscles being checked because it's reacting so you get maybe just too many things happening at once mm. right you just use a finger it's one muscle in your finger you're pushing down on the finger or you're pushing down on your arm it's one muscle it's a very well-known muscle that you're checking there's a hundred physiotherapy textbooks to tell you what specific fibers you're checking it's mm. it's nice and precise the circuitry you're using mm. with that there's so much circuitry you're using it's just to unravel that it would be hard Mm. so and the leaning I mean I'd not heard about the leaning before you told me but again multiple muscles you're checking a muscle when you're coming forward a different muscle when you're going back Mm -hmm. and usually you like to check the same muscle for the same thing and Mm -hmm. now you're checking you're activating one muscle for almost like a yes and a different muscle for a no Mm. Like not where, mention, where's the maybe?
0: Yeah, and, and not to mention that you're not supposed to even do that. So you, the yes yeah. and no innately both. And,
1: and what actually are you checking? Like great, maybe you could come up with a challenge, but then too much going on, mm. like literally just too much going on. To make it simple, you know, one muscle, same muscle for everything. Um, you can check a muscle, you can check the same muscle in multiple different style of checks. Mm-hmm. Like there are lots of checks um for a muscle you know soft hard um, muscle moving uh forward muscle like in extension and contraction but it's all the same muscle each right. one may give you a little bit of information and then i'd also preference uh, preference it well, not preference preface it mm-hmm. by saying that it may sound complicated the stuff i'm saying mm-hmm. but it's actually really easy. Like oh. you start getting an understanding of what you can and can't yeah. do really quickly yeah. and you just go, actually, that's a bad way of doing it. Yeah. And you look for a, a better way. And it's like, I mean, how long have we spent doing it? Yeah, we spent well, maybe 10 minutes here and there and you can do it fine now. Yeah, and and your numbers get the exact same numbers as me. Like we Which write is, them on a piece I know. of paper. That's
0: cool. And it's interesting too, because you're not always getting. So if both of us are testing a product, for example, a food or a supplement. And we're testing yesterday, we both tested, oh, those drops, the... um, Mineral drops, yeah. yeah. We both got 83% effectiveness. So that's actually happening quite a lot with us.
1: Most of the time.
0: But not 100% of the time. No, because your reference
1: set is slightly different than mine. Yeah, But with things that are like a mango, we know what a off mango is and our reference for bugs and right. tummy bugs are pretty similar. Right. We've both had gastro mm. and we've both had everything, mm. so our effectiveness for things like that mm. we both know would be very similar. Mm. But if we don't have um, uh, if we don't have similar reference systems at all, then we may get different things because what you think a mango should be may be different to what I actually think a mango should be, and also and that's depending where it may be different. what
0: we're testing, so maybe we won't go too into this, we'll save this for the course, but when you put um, things into circuit to test, uh, like let's say we're testing um, a collagen powder, and I'm testing for its relationship to helping fix my gut, and you're testing its relationship to help fix your joints, Yeah. you would get completely different answers. because For
1: appropriateness. Yeah, but effectiveness is the collagen, collagen of being collagen. Right. So... A bad batch of collagen is a bad, there are some subtleties, mm. but they're not so important. But mm-hmm. you can th- just think of effectiveness is how right. good this is as, as a brand mm, cool. and appropriately. Yes, if you, so muscle checking, the other, um, common mistake going back a section mm. is that they always, um, muscle checking needs to be related to something
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's a, it's a reference system. It's, yeah. it's a relationship system. It's mm-hmm. this related to this so if you don't make it related to your health or your this or your that then what really are you testing it's like who knows like if you make it this collagen related like um is it good for my joints well you then got to have the check related to the joints and then monitor it yes because otherwise you're just kind of testing garbage the Mm. whole thing is the nervous system will respond push on a muscle it either locks or unlocks it Mm. will respond no matter what you Mm -hmm. do the trick is to keep the responses based in reality
0: because mm-hmm.
1: so otherwise who knows what it's responding to. If you force it to respond to things that um, may or may not be true, it will still respond. Mm. But you've got to keep it in based in reality, otherwise you're just testing garbage.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you're testing yes or no's, it, it, like let's say you're testing a specific food to see if you... It could be testing yes, you're allergic to this. Is it, it's not yes is this good there's so many like yeah. it's just so it's such a broad thing that you're actually just playing in the realm of like
1: yeah so I mean I've tried millions of times to test for the lotto numbers but <laughs> yeah. I'm not rich yet
0: yeah okay cool um when it comes to kinesiologists so the course itself is going to be a self-checking course it's very basic it's not teaching you to be a practitioner it's not giving you like a modality to you know heal people it's giving the basics for you to use muscle checking on yourself or maybe loved ones i think there's a a unit on checking for others yeah but when it comes to a practitioner and um i used to be quite ambivalent about uh it in general because it seems to be a lot well the very first kinesiology experience i ever had he was doing a lot of yes and no checkings and it was kind of just like it was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy he was telling me that like i had you know, relationship dramas when I was 18 and I was kind of like, yeah, but there was, it wasn't really taking me anywhere. Everyone what? has relationship know, dramas I know. when they're 18. I'm, exactly. I was like, is this is just the intro session. Like she's, she's a 22 year old female. We're going to that route. But when it comes to, yeah, working with a practitioner, what, why are, are not all um, muscle checkings created equal and what problems do you see sometimes with someone who uses muscle checking as a modality?
1: um so again the nervous system will respond Mm. you go give my 10 year old kid your arm and say pull on this and think about something Mm -hmm. it will either lock or it will unlock Mm -hmm. just because so you go to kinesiologists and they think that the response means it's true Mm. no it's the art of Again, we said the checking, it's the easiest thing in the world. Push mm-hmm. on the muscle, it either holds or it doesn't hold. It's mm-hmm. nothing more complicated than that. So you put that tool in someone who doesn't know how the nervous system really operates, mm-hmm. who knows what they're checking. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they end up, if, especially if you're asking questions, you start talking about people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Beliefs are part of the problem. If they didn't have these weird beliefs, they probably wouldn't have the problem in a lot of the cases and then you end up just reinforcing the problem as opposed to ever finding out what the real problem was.
0: Well, you know that actually is extremely accurate with that first session because I like I was so over that relationship. It never was in, you know, we you know, we've been friends since. It was so in the past. But he was telling me like you've got unhealed stuff here and I was kind of like do what well, maybe I do yes yeah, so and then you generate a now you really
1: believe you've got unhealed stuff yeah. and your beliefs are so powerful if you believe you've got unhealed stuff your symptomology will be the same as if you do mm. have unhealed stuff so you end up reinforcing the problem when mm-hmm. you deal with beliefs so never go to a kinesiologist who's testing questions because mm. you really you're just going to make yourself worse mm-hmm. um uh, the other thing is you have to really not care what you find. Right. So a good example with me was when I was learning. I had this big fear about um, heavy metals because mm. I had mercury in my teeth and I knew they were bad and mm. I wanted to get them out and it was this big process. So I'd kind of avoid. So metals were on my list, but I'd like go through them quickly or I would, mm. you know, uh, not really see if there was a wobble there to try and make it show because mm. I didn't want to open Pandora's box and things like that. So You've got to not give a shit what you find. If you can't fix it, just be honest and say, listen, I can't fix this. We're going to have to find someone who can help you, but Mm -hmm. I know it's there. Mm -hmm. You just mustn't care about. It's got to be completely impartial. It's your nervous system, not what you think Mm -hmm. or what you believe. Your nervous system checking their nervous system Mm -hmm. or your nervous system checking itself Mm -hmm. with various challenges and Mm -hmm. just seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. And then if you need help, find help. Mm -hmm. But most kinesiologists... um, Bring their biases to the session right. so then they don't find what's really there. Mm-hmm. And you've just got to. I've done sessions on this, so mm-hmm. I've gone to Andrew and Geraldine to mm-hmm. get me over this so mm-hmm. that I just don't give a shit what I find. Yeah, so someone's there, they're a slab of meat, and mm-hmm. I just test, and whatever shows up, shows up. If I can't help them, then I will find someone who can. Mm-hmm. So it's that impartialness that's really important. So you can find subjective things about the person, but mm-hmm. you have to be objective in your testing as a practitioner and also with the self-testing. The, the trick is you really just have to not care about what you find.
0: I think that's been quite easy for me, um, maybe easier than for most people, because I've had experience working with muscle checking with a practitioner and realizing that there's nothing you can't overcome so if you get too identified with your problem as being a part of your identity, which, I mean, in of itself as a whole, it's for a whole other podcast, but if you can start to see your problems as just the, the next kind of challenge to work on and put it behind you, and there's always gonna be something to work on and something to overcome, but not to identify with your problem as being who you are. So like one time when we were working together, there was this, I had this, remember you discovered, well, I can't even remember, the like context of how it came up but basically I had this association between womanhood and motherhood and you'd like tested it up and you're like oh my god are you ready for this this is like an atomic bomb and you told me and I was like oh whatever can we get rid of it and you're like yeah (laughs) let's let's fix it up so instead of thinking like when you approach your problems even though you might have had them for a very long time muscle checking gives you this like well, if you use it impartially, I guess, what, get over it, fix your problem, get, you know, get to the next thing, improve without thinking that there's no way around it or that you are your problem.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's exactly, I think the exact same way as mm. you. And actually, the, the funny thing is when I'm doing sessions with um, people now, mm. I don't do sessions often, mm. but if you've been working with someone for a long time, you almost see the disinterest in what you find, mm-hmm. that they no longer attach to anything, they've come for a session, Yeah. you do what you do, I'll whatever you tell me to do, I'll do, I don't yeah. give a shit anymore, yeah. just, I mean, just fix it. I mean, that's
0: definitely how it is between us. Yeah, you're just Some like, oh, it...
1: we found this, and this happened to you, and this happened, and you fell on your head, and like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so what do I do, well, mm-hmm. we do this, this, and then it's gone, it's like, you, you just lose all attachment yeah. to your problems, and it's, it's Pretty really nice, you just like, Wake up and you go, oh, you know what? This bloody knee of mine's bothering me again. I guess, well, it's time to fix that mm-hmm. now. You don't go, oh, what is it? And I'm so upset. And even emotional stuff. Well, you go, that's
0: what I was going to say.
1: I'm feeling angry. I better get that sorted out.
0: The bigger thing for me don't is, care. is the emotional stuff because we live in such a realm where the physical, you know, you go to the physio and you do this. And actually that does show up in muscle checking. It's not going to fix your problems in of itself, but it will give you like the roadmap to a solution so you can muscle check for what modality might be best suited to help you get over your problem. But the really interesting stuff is the emotional stuff for me, because there's this narrative we have that with emotional stuff, it's going to take a very long time. You're going to have to do the work. You know, you're going to have to see maybe a therapist for years when really some of the stuff we've worked on, I'm like, oh yeah, that man, I've carried shame about that since a child, like since being a kid and, you know, it comes up in my dreams and you're like, huh. One session, you know, fix it up, investigate, get some solutions for that problem. And it's very rarely is it have anything to do with what you think it has.
1: Yeah, beliefs. Yeah. Tricky suckers. Yeah. But um yeah, so my theory, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, and some things are some problems are a bit stubborn, mm. but you need to take responsibility. You don't need to you can get as much help as you want, mm. but you need to take responsibility for finding the right practitioner that helps you because the right practitioner, all practitioners are going to say, yes, I can help you or I can fix your problems. Mm -hmm. And it's up to you to find the right one who really can. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go to very rarely, are you going to go find a kinesiologist or a chiro or a physio goes, oh no, I can't fix this. You go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Don't give me your money. Mm -hmm. Um, you know they all think they can help and even if their motivation is good Mm. they really think they can help and you've got to make the decision as to who's helping you Mm. and the people who help you are the ones that help you quickly no problem should really take that long to fix you Mm. go for two sessions if it's not getting better they're not up they're not hitting the right path Mm. or if they aggravate the crap out of you Mm. then it's worth staying with them but if you go out there and you go Mm, I didn't really know if that helped. Uh, I'll give it a few more goes after the few more goes if you're not getting better Mm. You can't go you can't have an emotional problem for seven years. Yeah, whatever you're doing is not fixing it. Yeah, it's just it isn't working.
0: The other thing I um, I'm excited about well even since learning the bits and pieces I have learned from you about self-checking is that even with a great kinesiologist a great person like who a medallion that uses muscle checking um, I want to, like when you're spending money on a service, you want to make sure it's something that you can't do simply yourself. So yeah. all the self-checking of the supplements and the daily use, like I, I absolutely muscle check every day for one thing or another, be it, um, yeah, appropriateness, effectiveness, quantities too. Like, you know, we're, we're treated like, um, cookie cutters when it comes to dosages, you read the back of the bottle, it says take one capsule a day, but you might need ten. You might need half. You might it, it fluctuates. So the for the daily uses of muscle checking is why I think this course is so great. Is that you don't want to pay someone to give you things that you could quite easily figure out yourself.
1: Yeah, and the dosages is so important. Like neurologically, mm. uh, just I like going into the neurology yeah. things. But like when you muscle check supplements new one for you, Mm. you always want to find the minimum amount that kind of, let's call it, fixes the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way supplements are. You want the body to do the work. Mm. You don't want to overdose it. So you're always looking for the minimum amount that, say, takes the unlocking muscle and locks it up rather than what makes it unlock, Mm -hmm. um, which is the maximum amount. Right. Right? So there's subtleties like that. Yeah. Yeah. But for dosage testing, even if you go to the most fantastic naturopath on earth if they aren't checking how much is for you Mm -hmm. then how do you know how much to take yeah i I would have no idea how much vitamin c to take in a day if i didn't check
0: Mm. and can you touch on um suppressions and when working with a practitioner a kinesiologist that uses um muscle checking can you elaborate on what a suppression is and why it's important that they test um well both for suppressions and priorities
1: uh so they they they're not similar in really in any way mm. uh, other than they both import very important mm-hmm. um never my word of advice I don't do the course don't do the course mm. I love the course I do muscle checking every day mm. um on one thing or another I've taught my kids to do it I see my little 10 year old checking whether how much of something you should take <laughs> and everything it's really cool it's fun it's You know, even if you don't do it for serious things or you don't want to investigate everything, Mm -hmm. you just want to do it for fun, like check where the nearest parking spot is, Mm -hmm. that kind of works pretty well sometimes. Like, Never, my word of warning is never go to a a kinesiologist who doesn't check suppression. Mm. Suppression is the highest priority, it's the most important thing. And if you're not checking suppression, then the chances are in one, way shape or form they're making you worse. Can you explain
0: yeah what a suppression is? Yeah
1: so just because you have access to the nervous system doesn't mean what they are doing is right it's a tool like any other and it can be misused and suppression is just by uh, checking suppression you're ahead of the game haven't got to what it is yet so basically if you can think of symptoms Mm-hmm. as the nervous system's way of telling you, you have an imbalance somewhere. Mm-hmm. The symptoms aren't often related to where the problem is, because if the nervous system could show you where the problem is, you would be able to go fix it quickly. So mm-hmm. there's this disconnect between where the problem is and what the symptoms are. So the symptoms are like your strings that you can pull on to with the muscle checking or with anything, like even a Cairo goes, oh, your neck's sore, because, and then it says, because your back's tight here, which is because your hamstrings, and oh, because you've got a sore ankle Mm. so they're pulling on your symptom string until they find the underlying cause of the problem Mm -hmm. and that's really great that's the optimal way of fixing something you pull on the symptoms you get to the underlying cause you fix the underlying cause or they fix the underlying cause for themselves Mm -hmm. and then all those symptoms go away because you don't have the problem which is causing those symptoms Mm -hmm. anymore but if I give you something that takes the symptoms away without fixing the underlying cause, I don't have those symptom strings to pull on anymore mm-hmm. to find your underlying problem. Mm-hmm. The underlying problem is still there, but there's no way of finding it. It's hidden away from the nervous system. So now you've still got the same problem, but you don't know you have the same problem. You think you are better, mm-hmm. but really what's happened is it's requiring a lot of energy to hold these symptoms away because mm-hmm. they're not really gone the nervous system is trying to express them but they can't you've closed the door so you've closed the door they're using up all this energy but the underlying problem's still there and it's being there it's still maybe killing them it's still
0: so a classic example is that if you have a sore foot um, it's just like a Chinese proverb, I'm pretty sure you have a sore foot, and someone says you go to a practitioner. And even if it's a natural painkiller or a pharmaceutical painkiller, you take the the herb or the the pill, and your pain goes away. Um, when really you had a hard rock in your shoe, so you keep walking on the rock, and it's going to create a whole new set of problems and imbalances, and you know different variations of an illness. Um, but you've suppressed the pain, so you think you fix the problem when in fact you have not
1: yeah and because of what it does neurologically you've actually made the problem worse Mm. and that is uh you know anytime someone smokes when they're angry Mm. that anger is still bubbling away inside they just don't feel it anymore Mm. burning holes in them causing lots of problems and then you can't see the anger anymore that you think oh you're really not an angry person they go yeah but look at me when i'm not smoking Mm. when the cigarettes aren't suppressing my anger so uh, that's like a nice example. Yeah. But the
0: other example you've given me in the, is maybe you can give it yourself is with asthma.
1: Yeah, Oh, that's a really nice one as well. So, well, not a nice problem, but it's a, a nice example of suppression. So, you know, people have asthma, which have, you know, lung, lung issues and autoimmune problems and uh, usually a uh, relationship with parent issues. That's, you know, a lot of what asthma is and then they take the asthma puffer, and the asthma symptom goes away. But that expression of the toxins that are trying to come out of the lungs, mm. you suppress that. If you're lucky, that expression will come out somewhere else. Um, so usually then it leads to eczema because the pathways of elimination are lungs and skin. Mm. So now you've suppressed the pathway of elimination from the lungs by giving yourself the cortisone spray and now you get eczema, so your Mm -hmm. skin starts pulling all the toxins out that way, Um, you're lucky, Mm -hmm. because at least you haven't suppressed the problem to the point where it's not expressing symptoms. So Mm -hmm. you can still follow that symptom picture Mm -hmm. to find the underlying problem. Mm -hmm. But if you suppress something really well, so now you asthma spray, cortisone cream on -hmm. your eczema, Mm -hmm. now the eczema's gone, now the asthma's gone, now I you've really right. suppressed this problem, but really you've taken ten years off your life.
0: Right. Um, so with muscle checking, you can check for a suppression. Yeah, we should done... be
1: checking for suppression all the time. Yeah. And it's it's, I mean, it sounds so complicated. All these things, when you know how to do it, is literally one second. Mm. There, I checked for suppression. Like. That's how quick it takes.
0: Yes. So basically, can anyone take this course? Do you need any previous? No,
1: absolutely anyone. I mean, if you've got a nervous system, Mm -hmm. you can take the courses. We're literally just pushing on a muscle. Mm -hmm. The trick is, you know, how to test things the right way. And I've covered a lot of it already. But the others, we we cover it and we'll have the lives ongoing. Mm -hmm. So we'll teach you the basics in the course. Mm -hmm. And then ongoing, if you want to learn how to test something better, you just post the question, how do you check this? And we'll do a whole lecture on that in the future. So that'll be ongoing. We'll let you learn how to check anything and everything. Learn the basics of how the system works. Mm -hmm. And then you want to know how this slots in, we'll show you how this slots in. So it's like, even if you're a practitioner and want to check like the order of things
0: mm.
1: we'll show you how you check the order of things cool so and that order is priority so suppression is basically the highest priority there is to work on in someone if you find a suppression you got to fix that mm. as a practitioner and mm. if you check suppression when you're doing something don't do that thing mm. so if something's going to suppress your symptoms mm. don't do that
0: okay cool well that's some very useful information for working with a muscle checking practitioner Um, but yeah i'm looking forward to the course because basically all the basic tools to muscle check things daily and not i mean not investigate too deeply but basically take you to a place where you have the capacity to test many things for yourself for your family for your friends and also know Um, who can best serve you. You can check for, if you don't have the tools to examine something deeply enough, you can actually test for what modality or person can specifically help you um, resolve your issues.
1: Yeah, it basically, it's a really great tool to allow you to take responsibility for your own health. Yeah. You don't have to, you can get out of this mindset of other people are fixing me. Mm -hmm. You're always the one fixing yourself. When Mm -hmm. someone comes for a session with me, I just think of myself as a private investigator, mm-hmm. nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that's how practitioners should be looked at. It's the person who has to do the fixing. Their nervous system has to get over their problem. Mm-hmm. They do that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I find things that will help them, and they then get over the challenges mm-hmm. and they make themselves better. And when you do self checking, you then are taking it to another level where you are completely taking responsibility for your own health. Mm. And that's so empowering. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, as neurological networks is all about, is empowering people.
0: Mm. Cool Robbie, thanks. No worries. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Again, the course is now available. I will link everything in the show notes as well as your code for a discount if you're interested in joining me in the course. It is fully human, F U L L Y H U M A N. See ya!